No, I'm not Kevin. What's the li- line? Hi, I'm Jack. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is good company in the car. Good Sunday evening, Jackson Pollock. How are you? Huh? <laughs> what and huh? And <laughs> what? That's really funny. That's our. That's the. What's that comedian's name? Jack Plotnick. Jack Plotnick. Look up his videos on YouTube. He's all oh, the ones he does about Disney World are just hilarious. He dresses up as a you know the whoever the, the person is and inserts yeah. them back into the old promotionals from the '60s, and it's hysterical. They're really now, funny. Jack, Jack was just telling me. The, he was walking down the stairs and he said, this industrial carpet is slick. And I, I said, this carpet? He said, no, the carpet on the stairs. And then I said, well, where'd you get it? Tell him where you got it. <laughs> you made me look stupid. And no, it's funny. No, I think, oh, I'll it's tell you. It's pretty I resourceful. I, I, I don't have a problem telling you. So the, the carpeting that goes down my steps from the main floor to the basement is a blue it's a blue carpet that's got a i don't want to say floral but it's got a decorative it's got a leafy, pattern, yeah it's got a decorative leafy kind of a florally mm. kind of a thing going on on it it <laughs> i happened to be in the parking lot of the holiday inn in georgetown mm-hmm. when they were remodeling it years and years yeah. and years yeah, ago 20 plus years ago and the, and the hotel at the time i think was sitting empty and they were remodeling it so there weren't any you know there uh-huh. was no people i was sitting there and uh the the workman came out and threw a bunch of shit in the dumpster <laughs> and one of them was this big roll of carpet <laughs> and so i don't know what is what are there 16 steps i yeah. don't know how many steps yeah. are in a floor of steps and it's a runner about it two, fits three, perfectly. two or three foot wide, and it runs all the way down the steps into the closet at the bottom of the steps. Where is the Holiday Inn in Georgetown? It's actually, it's no, it's now a um, Trader Joe's. Oh, okay, all right. So the 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 replaced carpet that it replaced is no longer there. Mm. It is now a Trader Joe's. Huh? And where is the Trader Joe's in Georgetown? It's up off of uh, like around Whitehaven, um, uh, North. Uh, where Georgetown Flea Market used to be? Yeah. Okay, right there. Okay, great. Yeah. I know where it is. I was golfing yesterday with three med students from Georgetown. Good for them. Two of them lived in a big group house in the um, Cloisters, which is- Cloisters? A, you know it. I think and the other so. guy lived in our, they're very nice. They restored my faith in the next generation of <laughs> caregivers. They couldn't have been they couldn't have been nicer guys. Well, but, you know, golf. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anybody who plays golf is a good guy in your eyes. So. Well, that's not necessarily true. Take one mean Tommy, for instance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my. That's funny. Um Okay, well, I I, uh, I made um, lobster salad because lobster was on sale again. He, I think it was a couple of years ago. So, yeah, he's still holding on to, uh, yeah. during the times of COVID, the, the, the Korean, Korean grocery store? Yeah, the Korean grocery the store. The Korean this grocery was, store had lobster for like $5.99, was the $6.99 lowest it ever got. a pound. Yeah. We ate a shit ton of lobster. Yeah, we literally ate like 100 lobsters over the this course of This is how months. much lobster we ate. Everybody be very quiet and listen. We ate so much lobster, I'm actually a little sick of lobster. <laughs> now, that is a big statement coming it, it, out of my it mouth. sure is, and I guess I'm not leaving the leftovers with you. <laughs> I'll eat them. Uh, because my running joke for years and years was, where do you want to go to eat? And I go, someplace with all you can, can eat, eat lobster. lobster. And the person always says, where do you get all you can eat lobster? And I always say, any, any place that serves, serves lobster. lobster. <laughs> so, now, technically, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. That's just it. So, you know. All right, well, let's head to Aurora, Illinois. Ooh. 
Illinois. Oof. I just pronounced the S at the end of I Illinois. I know. I heard. Th- oh, no. It's like no, when somebody says no. vegetable, pronounces Ve- every veg- syllable. Vegetable. Vegetable. <laughs> this is cold case. Cold case. Files. File. Cold Season case. Two. Okay, now come on. Start over. <laughs> do it seriously now because we have to do it right. This is what everybody's expecting. Cold case files. Cold case files. Season two. Season two. Episode 24. Episode 24. Until death do us part. Until death do us part. All right. So aerial drone footage, which I really like, you know, they make these uh, little documentaries so much more elegant because in the budget before, if you didn't have budget for a helicopter, you couldn't get these aerial shots. So we get sweeping views of Aurora, Illinois. They're just going over the neighborhood as they're starting the, the story. And there's something about an overhead view like that. That's kind of the way I see stuff. Yeah. I wish I could explain it better than that. Yeah. But I actually see things like a map. Yeah. So for me to look at that, it makes sense to me. I always do an above ground pool search for those and I only spotted one. It's 1970. 79, Aurora, Illinois, and we meet Chuck Hall and Cheryl Lynn. They've met in high school, and they've fallen in love, and they are getting married. They um, get married October 6, 1979. And everybody knows that Wednesday was Cheryl's housekeeping day. You didn't ask Cheryl to do That's shit really on Wednesday. Funny. Hey, Cheryl, you want to go over to Cranston Mall? No, it's wet. What are you, <laughs> you crazy? So I don't know. My mom did not have a dedicated day to do stuff like that. Like Pam, Pam had a night Saturdays. when she would stay in to watch Dallas and you weren't allowed yeah. to do anything. No, Christy and I cleaned house on Saturday morning. Oh, you did? Yeah. Every Saturday. Every Saturday. Because Christy the- would get mad at me because I wanted to watch TV. And Christy was like, the faster we get the shit done, the more we can go out and do the stuff we want to do. Right. And I'm like, I just want to watch TV. Yeah, she wanted to get in the car and go. <laughs> you were such a sea anchor for Shut her. Shut up. So they have great accents. I love the Midwestern accents. October 6, 1979, Chuck and Cheryl were married. I was the flower girl. I got to wear the pretty dress. My brother, I had never seen him happier. So on this day in September 9th, 1981, Chuck would go home for lunch because they didn't work that far away. Now, he worked for a cable company. He did. And I think... I could be wrong on this. I think I think she worked in a bank. I don't recall what they said the, the, she does. Yeah, was, she worked in a bank. Yeah, someone said that she worked in a okay. bank. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so they were doing okay. okay. Dual income, no kids. And at they that described point. the house. They said mm-hmm. their house was the cutest, nicest little house. And everybody loved going over there. And they had a lot of people over all the time for stuff. Chuck's role as a union steward would come back to play a role in this. I think my dad was one of those. Yeah, we meet... Um, was oh really? I think so. Cool, because he did a lot of stuff with you. Because he worked at all these plants, mm-hmm. and I think there's this weird line where if you're in management or yeah. you're you're not allowed to be in the union or there's something weird like that. Yeah. So he was always a union. He was liaison he, for the management. He was yeah. Okay. So he was always in good with the guys that were in the union. They must have liked him too, right? He got oh, along well with everybody. Every, I don't. I can't imagine. Someone not liking my dad. Mm-hmm. I just he was just so silly. I just can't imagine it. But anyway, go ahead. We meet Cheryl's sister, who I'm sure is lovely. She's got one of those Karen haircuts, and I just it's so hard to get past. Oh, it. stop! Chuck went to work, went home for his lunch so he could have lunch with Sherry. Uh, was there for a while, and then he left and went back to work. So it's pretty awful. Chuck has found Cheryl when he got home. He called out to her. He walked up the steps is when he found her. As he got to the top of the stairs, he saw her hanging from the doorknob with an iron cord around her neck. She has a, a, an iron now, cord wrapped around her now neck. Now, when and- they say lunch, it was 6 p.m. When so- he got, no, well, he came home for lunch at noon and he went back to work at one. Then 
somebody calls Cheryl and they speak to her at three. We get the timeline. So then the, the neighbors heard a thump and a bump on the wall at 3.30. Oh, I misunderstood that. I thought he was coming home for lunch at 6 p.m. No, no, no. He had come home oh. and had lunch with her. Okay. So then he gets home at 6 and finds her. Okay. Runs next door to the neighbor who's a nurse. He tries CPR, runs next door, gets the nurse. Did you know 911 was not initiated until... 1995. There are lots of places that didn't have it. I thought it was like from the 70s. Now, the thing that bothered me was this is one of those things that because I've watched so many of these shows and stuff like yeah. that, he tried to do CPR yeah. on her. I don't know if I found a body. I don't know. My initial response would be to try to help them, mm -hmm. but my inner don't touch anything. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you should unless the, you're absolutely sure the person's dead. You've got to give it your best effort. I right? know you do. And this is his wife, whom everybody has said they're a wonderful couple, mm -hmm. and this man worshipped her. Yeah, he loved her. So of course, it's this old cliche: the cops think he did it because. He was the last, you know, he came home to find her, and it's usually the husband. You have to look at the husband uh, first because he's the closest one, and, and that that's tough because they're grieving at the loss of a loved one. Not only was Chuck his spouse, he was also the last person to see her alive, and he was the one who found her body. So he fit all three criteria of what would make the number one suspect. So that was Denise Crosby. She's a Chicago journalist. Uh, they grilled Chuck incessantly, Again, but eventually, I think without a lawyer, without a lawyer, and it really took a toll on him. They eventually confirmed his alibi, and Chuck was getting mad with the cops. He's like, "I didn't do it. Why aren't you looking for the suspect?" Right. His alibi checks out. He's off the hook. So they go back to the house and they're looking for more clues. And they found a lot of fingerprints, but they were always smudged and interlaced with other ones, so they weren't getting any clear prints. So that was frustrating. At Cheryl's autopsy, they found some blood under one of her fingernails, and they preserved it. Good. In so many of these cases, that stuff just gets lost. They go back to it's, the evidence kit, and they're like, oh, it's gone. I just wish... I don't understand... Like, I... I I, I almost wish I could shadow mm -hmm. a, a, a shadow a situation just to see how they do things. Yeah, because to me, I don't understand how they. I just don't get and, it. And I also, don't... and and the, the maintaining of evidence. How long do you keep yeah. it? Because periodically they just destroy evidence to make room for more well, evidence, I, right? Well, I do think when they're destroying evidence, it's for very specific, closed, obvious. It's it's not anything that's questionable. Okay, and I so, think there's a huge time frame. I think I think usually there's a decades. time frame on those things yeah they now wonder if this could somehow be related to a string of robberies in the neighborhood and they didn't really go on with that i think they were just clutching at straws oh yeah they had a deadbolt the cheryl and chuck had, had a deadbolt installed recently installed yeah and it didn't there, it hadn't been Wasn't busted disturbed. or anything so whoever got in the house cheryl apparently knew so onto the radar comes this guy larry galloway he worked at the same co cable company as chuck they went to high school together cheryl knew him from high school Larry and his wife socialized with Chuck and, and Cheryl. Wives, yeah. She always thought it was a little weird. Well, think about it. You know, it's young couples trying to find other people to do stuff mm -hmm. with. Yeah, fairly small town. The cops learned from a friend that Larry had stopped by when Chuck wasn't home and had stayed for about 20 minutes, and it weirded her out enough to tell a friend. Yeah, now, think about that. Yeah. Think of people. People. Think about that. This guy stops by and talks to his friend's wife alone, one-on-one, mm -hmm. on one, mm -hmm. and she's freaked out about it and told other people about it. Hi. Oh, hi, Larry. Oh, hi. hi. What do you mean? Hey, well, you, you know, you know yeah. how awkward that He's was. He's not here. Oh, no, I just wanted to... I just, ooh. Wanted to just yeah. kind of complain yeah, and yeah. maybe put in a good word. Oof. So Chuck, again, was known as a union steward. 
And he'd been able to save Larry from getting shit canned on a previous occasion, but it happened again and uh, Chuck wasn't able to save his job. And I think that's why Larry came over to talk to her. Well, mm, no, no, I, I, I think that that has something to do I mean, with that's it. motive. But my thing is, is this isn't the first time he's had a trouble and he's been threatened with getting rid of, you know, mm, like this. It's uh, a pattern. Larry, La- Larry, Larry Galloway, Larry Galloway is obviously a, a problem employee, so yeah, to speak, he is. because he keeps getting in trouble and he keeps getting fired. Yeah. So Galloway's alibi is he was mowing his parents' lawn. And I don't, that's, I mean. Well, again, now, I'm, I'm not defending this guy, but I am going to say, where were you yesterday at three o'clock? I mean, oh, you don't, see what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, what is, I don't know. I, well, I was, was on I the golf doing? course. <laughs> well, Kevin be really easy. He was at the golf course. <laughs> and I, the have, I have yeah. three Georgetown medical students who were with me the whole time. <laughs> Except for that one time I lost the ball and I was behind that bush. But. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. In your normal day-to-day stuff, like like we were joking when we were recording one the other day, and it's like, when I'm out doing things on my own when I'm not working, I stop here, stop there, yeah. stop here, yeah, stop you're, there. You are. So I'm all over the place. You would be on so many different security cameras, because you do. You stop in different like. But, uh, but I'm saying that would look weird. So a bunch of people volunteer to take polygraphs, but Gar- Larry doesn't. And so... Suspicion lingers on Chuck because they're they can't his alibi checked out, but they're still like it just seems like you'd be the one who did it. But the whole thing goes cold because Larry just refuses to cooperate. He just says, "I didn't do it. I've got an alibi." They they don't have anything, and there are no witnesses. So, and the other thing with Chuck is I'm not trying to say anything bad about him, but he was soft, mm-hmm. so he was really emotionally upset by all of this. Yeah. It really hurt him, and he started drinking heavily. Oh, he? Okay, you do a little ancillary research. Yes, the whole thing is eating away at, at Cheryl's mom, who's just terrific. Mm. So one day, she just goes and straight out calls Larry and says this. It was eating at me every day that went by. So I called Larry, and I said to him, Larry... You're going to get what's coming to you one day. And he said, bring it on. And hung up. It was like an explosion inside of me. He just didn't seem to care what happened to her. So he comes back with bring it on and hangs up the phone. I would drive right over there with a shotgun and kill him. Well. Don't you think that if she puts that to the okay. cop, I would be like, you know what he said? Bring it phone on me. Well, this is a little column A, little column B thing. One, she really has no business calling him like that because no. that is, uh, th- th- Pro- there's a word and I can't, not, not. Uh, provocative, pr- intrusive. You no, know, when you're, it's almost threatening. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And she really shouldn't have done that. However. And and if someone did that to me, I'm sure I would not have responded in a positive mm-hmm. way. Well, if you however, <laughs> however, we think he's the bad guy. Yeah, we almost so know you it. know. In a way, it's kind of like screw him. Let's you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now it's 1996, uh, 16 years after the murder, and DNA technology is here. So they ask Galloway for a DNA sample, and he says no. So the cops go to a grand jury, and the grand jury orders him to provide a sample. Then Galloway's lawyer appeals to a judge, and he strikes the subpoena down. And the close-up in the courtroom was of a circuit court in New York, not Illinois. So cold case, get your, get your, oh, get your facts together. Now, if Cheryl's mom could have had her way, they'd have gotten a DNA sample. Well, that's true, too. He got away with not giving his DNA. I was thinking, if I could just get my hands on you. 
the the thing that this is one of those things that bothers me. We've discussed this before. Good company in the car. Kevin and I have discussed this before. If somebody came to you and said, we need a DNA sample, we need a swab, we need a whatever, I can't imagine not giving it to them. I can't imagine even if my lawyer was saying, no, 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 I didn't do it. I mean, like... It makes you look bad, and I don't know why that this continues to happen. We pick back up with Chuck, who's been having a very difficult time. He does not look good. You're right, that one photo. So, uh, in my research... At this stage, he has uh, remarried, mm-hmm. and he has two boys. Right. And he is known for being a heavy drinker, yeah. even though he's a really good father, because everybody said that. He, he loved being a dad. He loved being a father. But they but, said it was PTSD from finding and, Cheryl. And exactly, that there was a heavy amount. So, so the finding of his wife and all of the trauma involved in the case really, really, really fucked him in the head. Yeah. So in 2007, you know, the original investigator who was the the host at the beginning of the episode, he said, well, we first interviewed Chuck um, after we found her. And I was like, that that investigator is, is Dorian Gray. There's no way he could have been working on this case 40 years ago. And then because he said he was speaking in the first person. We and then we learned he's the cold case detective who brought this back to life in 2007. Right, correct. So they look at this and then like what, you know what? a hard job. Yeah, very hard job. You have to you mean, be passionate because you know you know a lot of new. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but a lot of new police. I don't want to say detectives, but a lot of new investigative people who just started with the new jobs. Mm-hmm. If they don't have something for them specifically specifically to work on, they do like okay. Well, we got go this to the clean cold up. cases. Yeah, 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 it's busy work. Yeah. yeah, like go sweep the basement. Yeah, oh, just the and then of course the poor victims are like hi i'm the new detective oh god we gotta go through this all over yeah yeah well they just do the simple thing they just surveil larry they follow him to i think it was a red lobster and they wait for him to leave and they just go grab his utensils where'd you get red lobster i didn't get red lobster they name checked it i thought it was red lobster it was some sort of a chain restaurant i thought it was red lobster i would have well i'm not (laughs) saying you're wrong but i would have jumped all over that if i didn't know it was a red lobster that's really fun lobster's a recurring light motif it is it is very much so so the DNA is a match from the sample retrieved from under Cheryl's fingernail. Now, they were smart enough to hold on to that sample, but at some one point I was reading about it, it was a little degraded. So I'm under the impression that it while it was a match, it wasn't one of those one in four billion matches. See, that's what I don't under, that's what I I know I've said this before, that's what I don't understand. So the the initial the initial blood sample or the mm-hmm. initial sample, mm-hmm. it's run through the little machine and it gives you that that equation thing, right? Right. The DNA so, sequence. So if you you have to have that original sample to run it against others, you can't use the I'm doing air quotes, the program that the computer prints out to I'm put it against the new one. They ran it in 1997 when they wanted to check it the first time. Right. And they had the printout of her DNA of the DNA under the fingernail. Right. So they can hold on to it. But that sample was degraded and maybe that the so the match with um, Galloway that they got off of his straw, yeah. while it was a good match, it wasn't one of those absolutely. So, so my so my question is, is the, the original sample that's degraded, mm-hmm. they're still trying to use that to run against the new one, or do they have like the computer run? Well, what I'm saying is, I think they held on to the initial one from 1997. But that's going to... 
That's no, 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 the printout. They've got the data of it. It's okay. stored on the computer. The it's DNA so very profile, confusing. The DNA profile that was generated in 1996 or 97 right. when they, it, they they store that and in the see, computer. And see, this is the stuff that also throws me because they're like, well, this this uh, Egyptian mummy, we've got their full DNA sequence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but they don't have the girl that got murdered in 1972. I just don't understand okay. the, well, the scientific nature okay. of it Okay, well... That's that. I'm, that's I'm assuming there, you have to make some. Thank you, here. Professor McMahon. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so the prosecutors, uh, we see in the interview on July 31st, 2008, they bring in Galloway. He 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 lets him handcuff him without incident. They get him in the interview room, and he just says, "I didn't do it." And they're like, "Well, what do you mean you didn't do it?" He's like, "I just." And they're like, we know you were there for a fact. We know for a fact you were there, which they really don't know for a fact, but they're pretty sure. But he said, I just didn't do it. There is absolutely no doubt that you were there when this occurred. No doubt. We just want to know. We just want to know why. Okay, that's all we want to know is why this happened. Why can't you answer me? Why can't you answer me on that? Because I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything? No, I was talking about when you say nothing like that, and you've done a lot of stuff, what are you talking about? Oh, you know. There's so much DNA evidence recovered from the scene, it kind of muddies the prosecution. So they decide to do a plea agreement. We made a decision to uh, resolve the case by way of a plea agreement to hold him as accountable as I believe that we could based on the evidence. We took the plea deal because we're not gamblers. Justice for Sherry was, was definitely not worth gambling. Yeah, they're not gamblers, so he has to admit he killed her, but not why, and it makes no sense to me. His either. sentence is for a min- uh, for ten years. He has to pl- he has to serve a minimum of five, and then he has a possibility of parole. And that was in 2015. That was in no, that was in 2008. 2008. So I think the trial was in 2009. So December it's 23rd. So confusing to me. Yeah. I don't. I don't follow the stuff. The sequencing is kind of hard. So it's December 23rd, 2015, and the family find out that Larry is already out of jail. He got time served while he was waiting for his trial. So he was actually only in the penitentiary for like a oh. four and a half years. And in the meantime, Chuck has died from cancer. The poor. God. Just that poor guy. It's the worst. And so the sister, uh, his younger sister was the bridesmaid or the Paul, the, the flower the girl, flower girl at the beginning. She said the, the one good thing was that Chuck was able to die knowing he had been fully exonerated um, because some suspicion had lingered. My brother got to die knowing that the world knew that he was not a murderer. And that brought peace to him and to me. And losing my brother was very hard, but I knew he was going to be with his wife, with the love of his life. That is the sad tale from Aurora, Illinois, of Chuck and Cheryl Hall. Well, the in my research, mm-hmm. the uh, Galloway mm-hmm. went on to be married and have children of his own. Oh, I'm so happy for him! And, <laughs> and apparently, he was he worked again. He you know he got fired from another job, and he ended up being a train a, conductor, a, a right? Train conductor. And was beloved. Yeah. Like the, his regular customers were like, hey, Larry, you know, maybe, like, yeah. Maybe he was reformed. Well, I mean, everybody I deserves mean, a second you, chance, but. I, I I I'm not trying to give him any sympathy, but, you know, 
people do dumb shit and then they're like, uh oh, and you know, and then they've moved on with their life. And he had lots of character witnesses and all that stuff. However, finger in the air, there was another murder that they tried to associate him with. Oh, no. And the woman's name was Susan Japgazinski. Oh, okay. I'm sure that's exactly how you pronounce it. <laughs> it's a big, yeah, it's a big long name. And um, it, he was a person of interest in that. Um, that's super fishy. In that, in that, right, exactly. And there is a, it was a Chili's. It wasn't a red line. Oh, it was a Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> Just didn't let that one go. <laughs> I'm gonna let it go. Yeah. So Galloway had gone on to be, you know, become a, a nice person, and he was described as, you know, this model citizen and friendly. However, mm-hmm. after, can, we, can we hear from the ex-wife? The ex-wife, <laughs> the ex-wife called him. Ex is are always here. To yeah, talk yeah, yeah. Abusive and uh, abusive and dangerous. Uh-huh. Otherwise, he was known as a model citizen friendly. I don't know. Yeah, there are two. So two it's faces, very, very, yeah, it's very, very funny. I don't know the fact that he was associated as if. if he was under suspicion for another murder. That looks well, super bad now, to me. I did not say that. I said that he was a person of interest. That's what I'm saying. That's what I said. Well, well no, you said suspicion. He was a person of interest. Yeah, you're saying he was person of interest. Well, I, I think suspicion. Words, I think the words are. I think it's I, words. No, I'm saying the same thing. Well, I mean, they were like, well, he's got some sort of a connection as opposed to a, he's a suspect. I, uh, I don't know. I just think the words are wrong there. Anyway, right. okay, sorry. I don't know. I, I still think it looks bad. Yeah, and he moved around a lot afterwards. Well, yeah, probably the result of a troubled mind. You know, that's guilty true. conscience, hard to hard to rest, hard to get to sleep. <laughs> and uh, that's um, yeah. All right. Well, we got one. Put a pin in Illinois. We got. We finished our our cold case and, file and from this Illinois. Would, and the reason Illinois. I think that this is so, I don't. Every every murder sad, yeah. of course. But this was a a young couple that were in love. They were deeply that in love. had nothing but uh, bright lights and and, yeah, and their future and was bright. Future and, was yes. Yep. And everybody loved them. And I think it's hilarious that like two or three people said, "Oh, you didn't go over on Wednesdays. That was when you played it." Yeah, 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 no, and that don't was you do it. <laughs> that's <laughs> really are you and crazy. Isn't that hilarious? It's very so good. so for him to come home and for her to feed him lunch uh-huh. and then you know and then, it's very sweet. Yeah, it's very very sweet. It's, and it's very very time, sad. But, yeah. Well, th- his sister said. Though they are in heaven together, which yes, I think is a great which was to, very, I very thought that poignant. was very, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. So, well, well, thanks for coming along with us on that one, and we will be back next week. We will. <laughs> are we <laughs> going somewhere? <laughs> or revoir, babe. That someday the ass will be the girl can't have it.